Okay. Too much horror business Driving late at night Psycho 78 12 o'clock Don't be late I said all this horror business Greetings and salutations My name is Justin Lore And I'm Aaliyah Moldano Hey And you're listening to Uh <laughs> Episode 42 of Hard Business. This episode's theme is um, uh, y- European stereotypes. I was going to try to do an Irish accent, but I can't. Um, let me see. Um, hold on. Uh, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, I was talking to Tommy O'Toole down on 33rd oh, Street. I'm drunk. Oh, God save the oh, queen. Oh, Je- Jesus fucking. Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus fucking Christ. No, I can't do it. That's insulting to my to your people, to my four four bearers, to the to the blood that flows in your veins. It cries out to for vengeance. O'Donnell's everywhere. To, a, to Liam O'Donnell's everywhere. To Liam O'Donnell's. Oh, I know Liam O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So, I'm I'm just out of it, Justin. You're gonna be fine. We're gonna Guys, get before we start recording. I ate some Chinese food. <laughs> Liam, I came over and Liam's basement smelled fried foods distant lands and and and, and it, opium dens <laughs> i don't think any of it was fried i had dandan dan noodles i had um i had pork belly and um some sort of oily spicy sauce thing. that's actually more disgusting than, than fried food the point is is all three of my items were featuring uh szechuan spices i want to point out that Suze has been szechuan. gone at this point for two hours and Liam is like fall like I came down to the basement and Liam is like in the dark in the dark there's like Chinese food containers everywhere he says he had three things there's way more than that there's a small pile of rice like on my belly it was like small it was like a scene in like a 90s cop movie where like the one cop is like he goes too far and the stupid chief takes away his badge and then like the rookie has to go find him and the rookie goes into his apartment and it's like you know two o'clock on a Wednesday and there's like liquor bottles everywhere. It's like that, but with Chinese food containers and and randomly squashed beer cans. Sure, I mean I wasn't gonna. I didn't drink any beer, but I just like to have the squash cans around for because it makes you look disgusting. Yeah, well, it just reminds me of the eighties. Yeah. So on this episode, we're gonna be talking about oids. We got a case of the oids, and we're gonna try to work it out. Jesus Christ! So we're gonna be talking about 1982s and semenoids. I'm sorry, and semenoid. Please, there's only the one. What, but what's weird is then we're going to be talking about creepazoids. But creepazoid has one oid, and semenoid has upwards of three oids. How are there three oids? There's the ma- the main oid, uh-huh. and then there's the two baby oids. What baby oids? The baby oids that Judy Geeson Gleason gives birth to. But they're not the. They're oids. Look, they're not in seminoids. Anyway. The whole thing is there's a inseminoid that does the inseminating. Okay. Hence inseminoid. Okay. So you are right about creepazoids. Creepazoid, yeah. There's, there's just the one creepazoid. There's one creepazoid, right? but why is there a plural? I also, guess the other people kind of become creepazoids. Sort of. So we're going to call this the uh, Justin Lord Nicknames episode. Jesus. I, I can't <laughs> believe you're continuing this joke. <laughs> This joke is not great. It's great. It's great because I'm a creepazoid and uh, an semenoid. This joke isn't I, great. Okay. This joke is terrible. I was going to say, I don't think you, you are. I don't. I actually think the one thing I could probably say is that you're not an semenoid. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I have to apologize to everyone. Inseminoid. Inseminoid. I keep pronouncing it wrong because I want to say semen. Yeah. I kept so, so, enough with the fucking oids. We're gonna get we're gonna get to the oids. Why don't they just call it Come Alien? Because that would be a good title. It was actually called Horror Planet. Or no, it was originally called Inseminoid, and then a little bit of sense crept in on the studio. Whoever was making this movie was like, we can't call this movie Inseminoid, so they called it Horror Planet. Horror Planet sounds like a much more interesting Roger Corman movie than what this movie is. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Spoiler, spoiler. I'm, 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 my bad. Yes, yes. So before we get on to talk about the oids, and we're going to work through the oids, um, we should let you know that this episode is brought to you by Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Apparel. Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Oh, Apparel Creations. So if you're hunting wabbit and you need a shirt to go hunt the wabbit, and maybe um, you need on that shirt the rabbit, the wabbit. This is not working out for Not you. working out. Let's, let's, Elmer let's. Fu- this, is this your Elmer Fudd? That's Fudd? my Elmer Fudd impression. Nope. Let's pretend that didn't happen. Nope. So let's say you and your friends are going to get together for an, a UFO watching party where you're going to go out in the woods and you're going to watch UFOs. No one a, does this. Like a bunch of. You're talking to the wrong person. This has never happened. Like assholes, you're going to go out in the woods and fucking look for UFOs. And you need a t-shirt or maybe a windbreaker or maybe uh, bicycle shorts Hmm. printed with your crew neck sweatshirt. Crew neck sweatshirt, yeah. That you need. Bandana. Do you guys make uh, short sleeve sweatshirts? We'll just. (laughs) You could. We'll just order regular sweatshirts and cut off the sleeve. Condoms with the fucking uh, UFO crew printed on them. If you need that, you should go to Curse Reject and LVAC and get that done. And if you have a design for your UFO watching party, you have like an idea for a design, just fucking go there. If you're mm-hmm. saying right now, well, I want to go there, but I don't really have a full-fledged birth design. You sure. have like a fledgling embryonic design. Yeah. That's totally cool. They got you there. You yep. go there, tell them your idea for design. They'll work with you. They'll draw up a rough sketch. Like, do you like this? Do you like? Maybe we should have instead of like a a play R an alien. We should have like a gray alien. Gray alien's not good. How about we do a um a tall white? That'll be good. There you go. Um, there's all kinds of specials. If you're thinking, you know what, I want to save a little bit of money on these uh, pieces of apparel. Um, maybe go for one of the trashing specials. Yes, trashing special. It's when they take the ink that's left over and they mix it in the big bucket. And it makes like a lovely, muddy gray color. They mm-hmm. give you a discount. I mean, it's nothing great. You can't specifically say like, oh, like, it's going to be gray on whatever shirt color you want. But the point is, is that they have these specials. And I mean, the prices are good to begin with. So yeah, and we do a variety. There's a variety of shirts. Yeah, they got all kinds of shirts. Cheap ass Gildans. Different weaves. You can go for the comfort colors. You can do whatever you, if your thread Owl count. style. Yeah, if you, if you have some sort of preference for bamboo weave, mm-hmm. or or. Uh, I don't know, panda skin, which is a thing I made up just now, but just fuck it, go there and ask Chris Reject for it. Um, they can do it. They'll, they'll help you with the, the, the entire process from start to finish they will help you with. Tall tees. Tall tees. <laughs> do they really print on tall tees? Yeah, we just got an order that had one, one tall tee. That's amazing. And I'm telling you, if you're listening, I'm, I, 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 my new thing is going to be telling people they need to go there and get the, 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 the Gimlin-Patterson film Bigfoot printed on on a tall tee. Um, so yeah, you can go check out their website and all they've done, their portfolio, uh, at www.xlvacx.com. They have a new, updated. New, 
brand spank new website. It looks nice. It does. I got to admit, Chris showed it to me. I wanted to hate it. I wanted to badmouth it. Every fiber in my body said, make fun of this website and tell Chris it sucks, but I couldn't. It was that good. So, if you like that, if you need to get this shirt made for your podcast, for your sports team, for your blubbity-blue, www.xlvacx.com, Chris Reject is many things. A scoundrel. A pornographer. A rascal. But he's not straight edge. And he never was. Definitely is not a pornographer. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> I just want to... Is, is he probably related to carnies or something like that? Yeah, sure. sure. He's probably... He's is, probably... He, is he certainly of the... What I like to call the... Uh, the swarthy whites? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's definitely got some, some roots and some... Does some... he have friends in low places? Absolutely. He's yeah. friends with me. Yeah. His, I'm sure back in the day, some of his family came from those sort of dark forest parts of Europe where everyone's living in caves and fucking their sister. I'm sure that that's true. And he's also part French, which is really <laughs> fucked up. Is he? I have assumed so. I like that. <laughs> so, go check out his xlvacx.com for more information. Also, this episode is brought to you by Patreon subscribers just like you. That's right. You, who's listening to this, if you think that's you, I'm definitely talking to you. And if I'm not talking to you because you haven't subscribed to Patreon, you can head over, head over to Cinepunks and you can learn how to donate to our Patreon if it, if it tickles your fancy. Look, we want to do... Here's the reality. Everyone involved with Cinepunks, top to bottom, front to stern. <laughs> stern, right thing? I don't know. I don't know. Asshole to elbow. Asshole to elbow. Um, everyone is doing this thing for fucking free, basically. And uh, our Patreon right now, that shit pays for um, our hosting fees. It pays for um, a little bit of advertising. Um, and that's about it. And the reality is we want to be able to do more things here. And the only way we can do that is if we have a little bit of money so that I can make it worth someone's while. Um, our writing section is really great, but our writers don't get paid. I'd love to be able to say, hey, I want you to do a deep dive on this topic. I want you to write about this. I want you to interview this filmmaker or this musician. I want you to cover this realm of whatever it is, just more and more interesting, cool stuff. But the only way I can make that happen, like make it happen, is if I can pay for it. Right now, people can just do what they can have time to do. They don't they, they don't got time to come in and just do whatever the fuck I want or whatever the fuck you want. That's just not the reality. Same thing with our podcast. Right now, you've got the main episodes. And we, what we want to try to do is make some bonus, bonus material. We need bonus material. We want to put some bonus material out there. We want to start some new johns. We want to get things going. The only way they can have is Patreon. So head on over. Check that. Check that shit out. We'll send you free stuff. Everyone yeah. likes free stuff. You want a shirt? We got fucking shirts. We got shirts. You we want got some Cinepunks? Cinepunks has some, some new shirts. We got new shirts. We got all kinds of fucking shit. And there's other stuff on there. Just come on. What is, what's your problem? Yeah, what are you waiting for? Well, uh, get the let out. What better time than now? And what better place than here? Is mm. what I say. Mm. I say uh, break down the walls. I don't know how that relates. It does. Uh, sure. It sure it is. So no more. That's not what this life is for. <laughs> not not subscribing to Patreon is not what this life is for. So before we go any further, I have a question to ask Liam. It's a question that burns in my heart when I'm not with Liam and when I'm not recording. It's so the question is Liam, have you done anything recently horror related? Uh, it's fine. I haven't either. So uh, thank God. No, I um okay. So I will let me let me make a case for for one thing real quick. 
Um, well, okay, I will say I'm I'm starting to catch up on um, Channel Zero. Excellent. Which season are you on? Uh, three. No, I'm okay. on season three. I just had took a break because we were watching other stuff. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm starting to get a little caught up with that. Um, but the only other thing I did that I think is horror related, and this is just my opinion. Okay. But I think actually the, and this is something everyone's sick of hearing about this at this point. By the time you hear this, everyone's sick of hearing about it. But I actually think there's a horror element to the um, This Is America video. Okay, yeah, the the uh, the childish Gambino, the new childish Gambino. Yes, it's very good. Notice, I think what's interesting is the people. It seems to me, this is just my opinion, but it seems to me, people who really like the video and really think it's doing something important tend to refer to it as the Donald Glover video, as if it's like we're all embarrassed to actually say the name childish Gambino out loud because it's so lame. That is the lamest name for a music. No, 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 no. It's it's just below. Um, no redeeming social value, maybe. <laughs> okay, <laughs> in like poorly chosen names. Okay, I mean, Diarrhea Planet is a worse name than Childish Gambino. That's fair, but not Piss Planet, which I think is a pretty good name. Piss Planet is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. The point is, is that um, I think there's a lot of things going on there, and, and I'm not going to claim to be an expert, but um, I did find it both in his performance and in a lot of things going on underneath to be uh, kind of horrifying. And I think it's an interesting thing for us to pay attention to as horror fans in, in what ways that um, some of the tropes of horror filmmaking find their way into other things, especially yes. the end of the video, which is terrifying. I really do think it is terrifying and people kind of laugh it off. Um, but I don't know. I, I think there's some real emotion being expressed there. And, and I like when mm, our thing is used to express stuff other than just scaring people. Like there's something underneath that, you know, yeah, there's, no. there's something that gets out there. So I, I think um, I, I was talking about it today. I think this video, um, it almost feels like, you know, most times when music videos are, 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 are made, they're made to be the visual element of a song that's, that that's been written. The song for this feels like the soundtrack to the video. Agreed. Like it almost feels like the video was made first and then they had to make the soundtrack for it. Because the song, lyrically, it's not really saying anything too... Well, but some would say that the song musically is meant to almost be caricaturing and maybe even mocking um, certain kinds of like trap music. That's what I'm saying. I I, I think that serves as the soundtrack to what the video is. The whole video is about like, you know... This is this we've built this trivial cultural culture around nothing around likes and 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 and, yeah. and loves and all this, and meanwhile, like this horrible shit is going down that we're just blind to, and I think the soundtrack to that was this dark, like sort of like just grinding, nonsensical song. That's right. still that's still pretty cool, um, but no, I I appreciate you bringing that up because I do think it is a, uh, you know there there is there's a lot of like horrific imagery in that video and it it definitely warrants uh discussion on a horror podcast particularly one such as ours where we like to talk about social issues such as that yep i mean it also helps me because i haven't really had a chance to do much horror stuff recently so sorry y'all don't always get to watch what i would like to watch unfortunately however um i did want to talk about there was one no i don't have anything Never not mind. not not even the revenge trailer with the with the male YouTube comments. 
I will say, so we have added this feature, maybe because we just haven't had time to watch other movies where we talk about trailers. It's, <laughs> I mean, it, we did it, what, like, twice now? Yeah, but once you do it twice, then it's a feature, and now you gotta do it all the time. Okay. I mean, Amy and Carly kind of got that locked down with theirs, but... They're a little more formal about it. Yeah, Because yeah. they actually, I think, then go out of their way to try, and I'm just like, I don't know, what did I watch? Yeah. I don't know, whatever. I got it's you. Fun. Um, but yeah, I think the revenge trailer looks really good. Um, I don't know if it'll be sort of traditionally a horror film, quote unquote, but it's, it's, it's genre filmmaking. Yes. Either way. Um, and, and in fact, it kind of made me want to ask you a little bit is what's coming up? What, you know what I mean? Like I, horror movie wise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, it's funny because I, I feel like certain movies have kind of sucked up the air, at least in my sort of social media realm. Oh, yeah. There are certain things I hear about all the time, yeah, I mean, such that I don't know what's I don't know what else is coming down the pike, so to speak. I mean, this is not appropriate for this pod. Not that it's inappropriate, but I mean, I think like everyone is still reeling from Infinity War, right? Um, myself included. Uh, so I, I I've kind of not even really thought about what's coming out, right? You know, for the rest of the summer. I mean, like we were talking about, like Solo comes out at the end of the month, Deadpool comes out, right? And like another month or so the yeah. ant-man and wasp comes out but horror wise i think the only real big horror thing is hereditary comes out next month mm. which i'm unbelievably excited to see yeah that. people have been i mean i've i'm morbidly fascinated with every bit of uh, uh discussion i've heard on that movie and then i think it's pretty quiet on the horror front until the fall hmm. usually there's some i mean i'm sure there is i'm sure we're not to, thinking to be, of something to be fair the summer now starts in March. Yes. So I think A Quiet Place might have been our summer horror movie. Yes. Which is nothing against A Quiet Place. I really want to see it. I just haven't had a chance to yet. But to me, it's lame to not have a July uh, or August. There's a trailer dropping apparently tomorrow for um, The Predator, the new Shane Black Predator film. So I'm pretty ex- excited on that. I'm into that. Um Oh, the the first Purge comes out in July. I don't care. Did you see the trailer for it? Yeah, it's fine. Whatever. Okay, well, the next one you're not going to care about either, and I don't care either, but I'm going to say it out of spite. Uh, I think all, all all's quiet on the on, on the uh, horror front until... What do you get? I'm on my breath until I get the release date. The release date on September 7th, 2018 from Warner Brothers Pictures comes the next chapter in James Wan's Conjuring... <laughs> Cinematic Universe, The Nun. The Nun, starring Bonnie Aarons, will get none of Liam's money. No, I just don't. Oh, you don't want to see a movie starring the trash person from Mulholland Drive? I am nothing against her as an actress. She seems cool. We met her. She was nice. She was very nice. I'm just going to straight up say I don't, underst- I don't understand anyone who watches... The Conjuring Two, and is like, yo, can I get more of that? None. You're a fucking crazy. Person. I'm pointing at myself. This is a this is a an auditory medium, but I'm pointing at myself right now because I am excited as fuck on the Nun, and every for every dour note that Liam talks about this movie, my excitement grows incrementally. I just don't. Can I read the Wikipedia? Yeah, okay. do read whatever the fuck you want. I'm not gonna do that to you. Um, you can read the whole movie. Read the script. Read Let's the script. just read the script. <laughs> Fuck the this podcast. We'll just read. The we'll script. just read the script. No, I mean, I, I think it's pretty quiet. 
for horror movies for the rest of the summer, big budget wise anyway. You know, I haven't really I haven't really looked. Yeah, I mean, I think what usually what happens in the summer too is a bunch of like festival joints yeah, yeah. kind of make their way into like the main cinemas, which is good for us cuz we don't really go to festivals. So I I do think that the the fucking Slenderman movie it comes out soon. I don't care. I don't care either. That that movie, I unironically will say, I can't even make a joke about pretending they care about that movie. Yeah, but no, um, I don't know. There's not really much else going on. Well, I mean, uh, chances are we're wrong about that. So those of you out there who listen to this, who actually have an ear to the independent ground, oh, I will say this: this is huge horror news. I don't know why I didn't bring it up okay. earlier. Uh, I did not see a movie. Or watch a show, but what I did that was very horror-related is I subscribed to the new Fangoria. Interesting. With head editor Phil Nobile Jr., my friend, though he will not apparently come with this podcast because we invited him and he was like, who this? Uh, but also featuring uh, former guests of this podcast, uh, Ashley. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, she's going to be writing for them. Um, some of the people we know are going to be writing for them, so that'll be really neat. But I've known Phil for a while. Um, and I'm pretty excited that this is happening for him and for all the other people involved with it. I think a lot of, um, a lot of people who've been writing about horror for smaller websites are going to have like more of a home, I think of Fangoria. So that'd cool. be cool. Cool. So yeah, I was excited to subscribe. It was not cheap, but I'm still stoked on it. Also, is it worth noting that, um, friend of the podcast, fellow Cinepunk, Adriana Gober, will now be in charge of horror screenings at uh, the Frank Banco Alehouse. Is she in charge, or is she part of like a team of people? I thought she was in charge. I don't know. She might be in charge. I don't know. Uh, okay. Adriana, I, I, if everyone seems to know about this except for me, so I should, I should <laughs> text you and say what's up. Yeah. Assu- I'm assuming you listen to this podcast. I think you We did. also probably should not have... I, I, that was me. I shouldn't say we. I should not have flown off the handle and said that without, you know... I think no. I think that's true. Reading. I don't think I'm not going to edit this out. I think this is. I think you're right. But I, I, you've brought it up to me, and someone else brought it up to me. But I haven't actually talked to her about it, so I just want to find out like what the details are from her. Adriana, get at us. I mean, it's not like I have. It's not like we talk all the time. So, um, anything else coming up? Well, you haven't talked about any... Have you not done anything? I have not done anything. Oh, man. No, no. I think the only thing I did on... We should just watch a movie after we're done recording. I mean, I haven't eaten dinner yet, so... Uh, No, there's a a few... There's a couple cool things coming up at... You went to fucking X-Fest. That's kind of horror. So, update on X-Fest. I went to X-Fest. I missed the first movie, which is a movie called Dog Day. It's, um... Starring Lee Marvin. I think it's a European film, maybe Italian. Uh, but it's everyone said it's great. I didn't get to see it. Um, but I got to see a bunch of the other movies. Nothing was particularly horror, but it was cool. Um, there was a movie called uh, Soul Brothers of Kung Fu. That sounds awesome. That was pretty cool. Um, mm, I'm trying to think if there's anything uh, worth mentioning on here. I have to remind myself to edit this. I tried to go see The Endless down in Philly. Oh, I I watched The Resolution. Oh, yeah. What would you think of The Resolution? I dug it. Um, I thought it was kind of unsettling how accurate that the the one character portraying like a a gentleman going through uh, withdrawal was. That was sort of uh, one of the very few non-glamorous views of like drug addiction I've seen in in, in a movie in a minute. Um, But... The downside of that is I watched it because I was going to go 
down to Philadelphia on Saturday to see The Endless, which is the Justin Aaron's... Oh, that's not his name. God damn it. Fucking, I'm an asshole. <laughs> the crew behind The Endless in Spring. Uh, the Endless is like the new movie that those... Yeah, the, this is a mess. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I went down to Philly to see The Endless, and due to, uh, we'll call it, GPS-related mishaps... You're bad at driving. I'm bad at driving. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. You, Philly is not unfamiliar to you, but you're not like, oh, I'm here. I just old know city is unfamiliar to me. It's all a grid, man. The point is, you got off the highway, and instead of going straight, you kept going left, and that puts you on the Ben Franklin Bridge. It did. So people from anyone listening to this not from Philly is kind of like, I don't care. Anyone from Philly is going, oh no, you made the turn at the thing. Oh! I did the thing on the John. That was, I think, at Sixth Street. Yeah, you got yeah. you got off six seventy six at Sixth mm-hmm. Street, mm-hmm. and you were supposed to go straight, mm-hmm. but you didn't. I didn't. So was it at the Ritz? Where was the Endless playing? Fourth uh, and Street Style. The street. Oh yeah, it was at the Ritz. I thought it was playing at the Roxy. The street started with an R. Radagast Street. No. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> sweet Jesus above. Oh. Anyway, I didn't get to see The Endless, but I did get to hang out with friend of mine, friend of Liam's, and friend of the podcast, Dave Janis. We walked around Philadelphia during Cinco de Mayo. That was fun. And then I went to, uh, I went to uh, West Philly and hung out with Liam. Yeah. Oh, so let me cover the four movies I managed to see at X-Fest. There were seven movies. Um, but I missed the first one, and I missed the last two, one of which I missed just because I started talking to the folks outside and... It happens. You know, I just, you get into conversation with people because you haven't seen them. So I saw The Girl from the Red Cabaret. It's not my favorite. It was fine, but it was just kind of like, it was more of like a drama. It's supposed to be like a sexploitation movie, and it felt more just like a drama that was trying to be a little bit sexy, but it wasn't really that sexy at all. Then uh, Soul Brothers of Kung Fu, which was great. Okay. Then there was a movie called Trackdown, which is, um, in the 70s and 80s, there were these kind of like, urban anxiety movies you know like girl moves to the city from from the country and her brother comes to find her and of course she's been she's in prostitution she's on the streets is that like an actual subgenre? yeah that was a real thing and in this one uh is good old eric estrada yes uh pre pre chips pre-chips on this one uh, and it's like just big, big old country boy coming around. He's going to beat up all these people till he finds his sister. These people. He's going to beat up all these people. Hmm. Well, to be fair, um, there's only the beginning part is vaguely racist, which is just <laughs> Eric Estrada is very classy, but all of his friends are patos and they steal this girl and the, you know, and the movie, uh, it's a, it's a, it's, uh, well, yeah, of course, modern america's favorite trope uh which is not true at all but a trope that was very popular in the 70s which is like the uh you know rape uh as a way to sort of get people sympathy and whatever yes but this film features two when even as even if you're going to have that be your your trope which i think is we're finally at a point where we don't need women to be in sexual danger to care about them yes i hope but even if that's going to be your trope, you really just need the one. Yeah, just one and done. Just one and what? What is enough to motivate the film? Uh, two. There's two in this yeah. one. But it turns out that I mean, spoil, spoiler alert for a movie from 1973 or 74 or whatever. Um, the the second the the second one is 
more of a plot device to to kill to kill the girl, thus to justify the brothers. I don't like this movie. Rampage. Uh, here's the thing: it's actually parts. It's mostly actually like really charming and entertaining. Oh yeah, but it, no, it really is like whatever. But it's just a not a very full picture of the the life of Latinx folks in L.A. That's not didn't like that portrayal. Uh, and B, you know, I just didn't, I don't need, even if the plot is, you know, she gets involved with these, I mean, the, 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 what the setup is supposed to be, she gets involved with actually this high class operation. And so it's trying to play off this idea that the brother just assumes that she's in danger. Right. Okay. And he needs to save her. And so the movie for a little bit is trying to play off this idea of like, well, if she's choosing to do this, then she's not in danger. She's not a prisoner. She's doing whatever. Yeah. Only... Then what they want to do is be like, oh, did you think that we were going to be pro-sex work? You're wrong, because it turns out the head guy is this awful dude, and he lets oh. her get beat up, and then she dies. I was going to say, this movie doesn't seem to have the most uh, progressive view of sex workers. So. No, 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 no. And, um, and then it's just a chance for Country, country Boy. Oh. Now, to be fair, Country Boy gets in a, uh, a gunfight in which he's on top of one elevator, and the people who are trying to shoot him are in the other elevator, and there's elevators going past each other as they try to shoot each other. That was really fucking good. It was so good, and it was so funny because I'm, even as I'm watching this scene work really well, I'm thinking in my head, who who is your writing partner that's you're pitching this elevator shootout scene to, and they're going, this sounds great, man. This Probably will, two this gentlemen on different elevators. Like <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and so and then the last movie that I managed to see is called um, Idaho Exchange. You know about this movie or Idaho Transfer? No, it's a early film by Peter Fonda. Okay, um, sci-fi movie. Um, his you know notoriously he disliked the movie how it turned out so much that he let the whole thing go into public domain. So now it's like out there, like anyone can watch it on like YouTube or whatever. Is that how Dudes at Exhumed got it? No, no, no. I, they had a copy, but um, it's like a weird. It's a weird sci-fi movie that uh, is very sort of meandering. It feels very much like a seventies drug film, but sci-fi. You know, hmm. so Peter Fonda film, but sci-fi. Mm-hmm. But it has a it has a couple of actors in it that are interesting. The thing is, is that it it builds toward towards a really nihilistic ending, and up until the very end. I kind of like that. Like, I kind of like, I'm into how dark and kind of despondent the film is. Okay. And then it gets to this super twist at the end that would make fucking M. Night Shyamalan blush with how fucking out of left field it is. It's so on the actual literal end of the film, not how the film is going to end in like a general sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the literal like ding that's the end of the film is so for me unfucking earned just so left field that i'm just like what is this fucking move i don't what i don't even i don't i kind of i kind of want to ruin it for everyone but i don't know if i should I, it's an old movie it's old. This is, fuck, here's, yeah. here's the thing the movie so i the idaho transfer is basically there's a science experiment no one knows this is where they're at but where it's at is they figured out in their attempt to they're attempting basically to transport people. Okay. And what they figure out is they can't transport from one location to another, but they can transport forward in time. So you join this dude who's running it. His daughter's coming to be part of the project. Okay. And um, 
the reason he's bringing younger people in is they figured out that in the future there's a um, environmental catastrophe that's okay. actually killed most people. And so their idea is if we send a bunch of people into the future now, from now to then, they can start a colony of – sorry – they can start a viable colony of people in the future after the economic economic. That sounds like the dumbest plot ever. I mean, it works for the movie, and they go into the future, and they've got a camp in this lava field in the future, and then the government figures out that something's going on. They're not telling them, so they go in to shut it down. So they all sort of like zip to the future to get away from the government. Ah. Well, the one girl, they wait till she gets there, and then they finally tell her that they found out like right before they left that they're all sterile, that the process made them sterile. So they no. can't start a new civilization. And she just gets so despondent. She goes back and it just becomes a movie where is that the she, twist? she just wanders around unhappy while they film her being unhappy. And she like goes back to the past and she almost gets caught. She comes back to the future and then she's all alone. And, and uh, she, she messed with the dials and stuff. So it sends her to a different time. Okay. And after her wandering around, it becomes really clear that she's now, further in the future than when they were and she can't find wherever they ended up so right at the point where she's like she's gonna die a fucking future car pulls up grabs her dude gets out future dude gets out grabs her puts her in the trunk it's doc brown puts her in the trunk of the car closes it and then she's like screaming and then as he's talking to his daughter who's in the car it's him and his wife and his daughter they're discussing the daughter's expressing skepticism that this whole thing that they're doing can keep going because aren't they going to run out of these people and then once they run out of the people how will they fuel the car and then she goes once there's no more people we'll start doing it to each other she's so sad and i realize this movie's now gone from this very viable plot of we can go a little bit into the future so we're going to go a little in the future so we don't have to deal with this horrible catastrophe to Further in the future, there are fucking futuristic future people who fuel their cars with humans. They find pores and other sort of mutant-like messed up humans along the road. You're calling poor people mutants. Okay, to be fair, (laughs) in the movie, there's a bunch of... In the movie, in the future, they find a bunch of survivors. Ugh, this is stupid. They find a bunch of survivors who, like, are mildly sort of developmentally disabled. Some of them are, um, they can't speak or they... Is the term you know, delayed? It should be delayed, okay. yes. But, I mean, they might. some of them also are... The, the point is, whatever the catastrophe was, it could have been a nuclear war or whatever, these people are, like, mutated a little bit or delayed or... Uh, they All the humans they encounter have issues. Okay. So, of course, what this girl is assuming is that this is what all humans are. This twist at the end of the movie is supposed to suggest... Those are just the humans they found. There's another civilization they never encountered in their fucking 10-mile walk around their spot. Ah. They never encountered the future humans who've now learned to power their cars with all the mutated humans just wandering around in the wilderness. What the fuck kind of bullshit oil analog is that? That's fucking stupid. It's so lame to me. And, like, again... Just because it's such an unearned twist, the point up to there where she's just wandering around unhappy and she's going to die alone because she left her friends. I'm like, yeah, dog, I'm into this. This is a real bum out film. It's such a bummer. And then once she gets to a certain point, I go, she's going to encounter future people. Those future people are going to be fucked up. And that's how the movie's going to end, like a Twilight Zone episode. Uh This is so cool. I'm so into it. And then the future people are fucked up because they throw 
other humans in their fucking trunk and that fuels the car that's so there's the whole movie has not mentioned oil or fuel <laughs> or anything like that even once and all of a sudden i just got to jump into human fueled car that's fucking stupid, and I'm sad that was one of the movies you watched. Speaking of something stupid, we should probably uh, take our break and get ready to talk about our two movies today. Yes, let's. we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about 1981's Inseminoid, also known as Her Planet. We'll be right back. Far below the surface of a sub-zero planet, hidden in the freezing mists... Something is watching, breathing quietly in the dark, biding its time until the right human comes along. And then, then it will strike. Not just to kill, but to do something far, far worse. Soon she's going to be a mother. And it's going to be a very nasty pregnancy. So nasty that there might not be anyone left alive to witness the event. Which will be a pity because it promises to be a very, very unusual birth. Inseminoid, a far-from-human birth. And we are back to talk about 1982's Inseminoid. You're very excited about that. Uh, don't let my tone fool you. So, Inseminoid, released in November of 1982, directed by Norman Warren, who also directed Bloody New Year, written by Nick Malley and Gloria Malley. Nick Malley... Nick and Gloria Malley, I'm an idiot, I wrote down that part. <laughs> Jesus Christmas. Starring Robin Clark, Jennifer Ashley, Stephen Beecham, Stephen Grives, who was in Highlander 2 and Nightmare on Elm Street 5, Barry Houghton, Rosalind Lloyd, Victoria Tennant, no relation to David, David Baxt, who was in Batman, Superman, and The Shining. He was the forest ranger in The Shining, and he was uh, Thomas Wayne in... Uh, Tim Burton's Batman. And then last but not least, the only actress I recognize for any of this, Judy Geeson, who was in um, 31 and Lords of Salem. But apparently she's done a bunch of other stuff. I don't know. It's not important. So um, let's talk about Inseminoid. The plot of this movie uh, is similar to the plot of our other film. Not just – these, these movies have similar plots. We didn't pick them just because they have oids in them. I mean that was that was a part of the reason. That was part of the reason, yeah, because we want so, so there's oids. So the plot of this movie, this is one of those movies in like, uh, in like the early to mid '80s, there was all of these movies, like just cheap, shitty sci-fi movies that were aping Alien very hard. The plot of this movie is that these people, they're like on like another planet, and they're like geologists or archaeologists, whatever, and they 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 find this 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 compound, this tomb, um. That they go in, and then one of them, uh, Judy Geeson's character, is uh, impregnated by a creature, and then she turns into a fucking raging maniac who drinks blood. Which is not far off from Alien. Uh, 
Well, not just that. She eventually gives birth to... Twins. Twin inseminoid, inseminoids. Twin aliens. Aliens. They, we never, you know, the, they, the, the little babies never inseminate anybody, so I think we're okay there. But they do like to bite people. That's a thing. They do, and drink their blood. Yes. Um, this is not a good movie. I mean, I, I, I know that you probably had your hopes up. You were probably hoping that inseminoid was going to be good, but this is not a particularly good film. Like, it starts out not terrible, um... But it just it's just badly shot and badly acted. Not badly acted. It's very British in the acting, as Leah sure. pointed out. Sure. It's very like, oh no, she's been impregnated by an unknown life form. What are we gonna do about that? And like, you know, there's a bunch of like British talk about what they're gonna do, which is nothing except die. Um I'm just saying, I'm not <laughs> Is that not the plot of the, the most of this movie? Alright, look. Here's something to, that is worth saying. I think. Say it. You are, in general, yes, less inclined to enjoy a film. Okay. Despite its production values. That's not necessarily true. Well, let me put this a different way. You are less likely to enjoy a film because it's bad. Okay. Whereas some folks will enjoy a film partly because of its badness. Well, uh, the problem with this movie is that there was, it didn't, it had a lot going against it and it didn't have much going for it. I like you're like, and that's it. That's all I got. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of uncomfortable with a movie that has as its villain, a woman who's been raped. (laughs) Right. I'm really not cool with that. Like that that like it, it just strikes me as for a movie that came out in 1981, I just I I'm like watching this movie and I'm like how do they, how do they not understand that like they're making this woman who's been violated against their will. They're not sending a good message. <laughs> I mean, okay. They uh, To be fair, any person who comes in contact with the aliens yes becomes some sort of blood rage killer is that true though because there's only the one guy in the beginning who who comes in contact with him yeah and he becomes a blood rage killer he tries to kill all these people yeah but then what does he do he just goes away do they see him again for the rest of the movie yeah they kill him outside remember she shoots him that's Ah. how we know about the gun or the nail thing or whatever the fuck it is that's right yeah yeah that's what i'm saying you forgot the whole set this is okay um up front, first things first for me, I think we got to talk about the pl- the plot in the sense of the pacing of the plot. Okay. Like, um, well, okay. Actually, let's back up even further than that and say this is one of those movies where it's really clear that the story itself and the, the um, what we're being shown is affected very deeply by the available budget. So, yes. like, this is a movie that wants to be on a spaceship. Eh, a spaceship costs money. <laughs> so they film in, like, some local fucking caverns. They still got to have a base, right? Like, even though they're in yeah, base, on a planet. Base costs money. Base, base costs money. <laughs> base costs money. So, you know, some of the, some of the set. Now, uh, let's, uh, you know, some of the set design on this thing is literally, like, let's take this cardboard and paint it white. 
And then we'll just draw some like red circles with lines between them on the cardboard. And this becomes even more apparent later because our pregnant friend who once she becomes pregnant becomes like a rage filled monster with super strength super strength first of all they want to make sure you know she's strong so she tosses around some the thing about her being super strong was hard for me because those were such wee british men yeah and when she like tosses them aside i'm like okay so she's like medium strong you know what i mean but anyway the, the point is is that um she rages out sometimes she's completely irrational sometimes she's rational enough to like fuck with people but she's raging out and she gets into a room and she's expected people to be in this room and they've escaped and so this is the control room this is where they're supposed to be like equipment and things and she just starts throwing that and no one stopped to be like okay i know she's supposed to be really strong but the image of her picking up what's supposed to be futuristic equipment and just throwing it it looks so bad it doesn't look it's again it, it, that section reminded me this is a problem that a lot of movies from this period had like uh, think for a moment i say movies but think for a moment of the tv show the incredible hulk okay in which lou ferrigno is the incredible hulk and so every time he bursts through a wall it's in slow motion it's in slow motion the bricks are so obviously foam like even as a kid i'm like come on you couldn't do better than that yeah what yeah he or he's like picks up and throws something and you're like that's clearly fake what are you doing right now that's how this movie is um so there's production value limitations and and i'm not just pulling that out of my ass a little bit of reading about the movie it's they'll you know every imdb fact is they meant to do this but they could only afford that they meant to do this but they could only afford that i think that. the budget was something like let's see two million dollars estimated I don't know what the what the box, but like the the point is, is that they didn't have they have a big cast for this kind of movie. It's actually a pretty large cast that they kill off mostly. I mean, by yeah. the end of the movie, there's only like three people, but but it's a surprisingly good group of characters. Um, and these are British actors, all of which not all of which, but most many of which had done other things. It's not like complete unknowns. We're not dealing with a creepazoid situation. Uh, there were several knowns in creepazoid. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Sure. Uh, but the point is is that... Name one movie that someone in fucking in Seminole did that was more nominal than Return of the Living Dead or Night of the Demons. I fucking challenge you. I challenge you. I'm done. I'm my, done. I'm sorry. My point <laughs> I'm just, is... I get fired up. My point is, is that I, I don't think they had the money for the production value. So I think when people like Inseminoid, I suspect that their appreciation is, to some aspect, ironic. Yeah, and that's stupid. Okay, I, I but this is I think a difference between us is that I don't like my issue with ironic appreciation is only because some people ironically appreciate things that I think are actually good and then I get offended. Like so for example, I go to a screening of Total Recall and there's some fucking, you know, jag off new urbanite in there with his fucking fashionable clothes on being like hardy har, har, total re-. and i'm like this is actually a good movie you motherfucker yeah total recall's great but if someone's like what but but if like there was a screening of inseminoid and people came out to inseminoid and then they were kind of like laughing at some of the dumb parts of inseminoid i wouldn't be offended i'd be i'd actually no. be like yeah this is pretty this is pretty funny this is pretty funny what's no, happening again, right now this movie was i'll give this movie credit for one thing it was earnestly made i will not hate a bad movie that was earnestly made 
Uh, depends on the bad movie, but sure. Um, okay, like uh, like a, like a horror movie that that was bad because of budget constraints, not because of vision. I guess. I mean, I I mean, you are though entirely right that is the plot of the film is a woman is raped at it and. This thing happens, and then they like make her a monster, basically. Oh yeah! And at no point do they try to play up mm, the sympathy aspect of the fact that she's a victim in this thing. Yeah, it's 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 not like um, uh, okay, this is a terrible example, and you're gonna think I'm joking at first, but I'm not. It's not like in the recent adaption of Rampage when Dwayne the Rock Johnson's friendly gorilla friend George is infected with something and he's like out of control and he's like wilding the fuck out and he's like causing a lot of damage but the whole time they're like he needs help we we have to stop him but we need to help him because he's a victim too in this movie they're like we have to shut her out of the airlock and blow her into space like there's no like um maybe we should try to understand what happened with her because she was do we think that the reason this movie functions this way where she I mean, it's important to uh, clarify for everyone, as a, except for one particularly dark scene, there are actually almost no inseminoids in this movie. No, the, we see a glimpse of one of them when it's when it's like looking at her. She's on a table, um, and it, it's just like watching her be inseminated, and it's really creepy. It's just like looking at her, like, oh yes, there she is, the Earth Woman. <laughs> um, but there's no, there's no. Most of the movie is just her, like... So what I was going to ask is, do we think that part of the reason they are capitalizing so hard on her as the villain is because there's no other villain? Like, Absolutely. The alien creature's never going to show up Absolutely. and do anything interesting. Absolutely, that's why they're leaning on So this. they just need her. And uh, I think it's worth mentioning that she's actually pretty good in this role. Well, that if anyone is doing any actual acting in it's this her. movie, it's her. Because the thing is what makes this movie even more like kind of like fucked up and problematic is that we're not dealing with like a sick person. We're not dealing with someone who's like gone like animalistic like she's straight up taunting people as she's killing them. She takes like a like a like a glee in 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 her the what she's doing to these people and trying to kill them. Like, they are making it to be like, oh, she had this terrible thing happening to her. She's now carrying the twin children of this fucking alien, and she's evil now. She's evil because of that. Uh, and, you know, granted, you can make the argument of, oh, she's just, like, maybe she's acting to protect, like, the, the spawn of her, chil- uh, uh, the, her her children or whatever. But there really is a very clear, and you, you don't have to reach very far, um to see the, the the problem with this movie's message in, in making their main villain um, a, a, a rape victim. Because like Liam said, like you, we, we, we see the, the titular and seminoid for five seconds, ten seconds, and then it's, it doesn't even come up again. It, it just, it, it does, it's not mentioned. It's just like, boom, she was impregnated and now she's on a fucking killing spree. And, um, I mean, for whatever reason, uh, uh, for whatever reason, why they chose to do that, for whatever reason, why they chose to lean into her being the villain. I, again, I'm inclined to believe it's because they didn't have the budget to actually show the creature for more, more than like five to 10 seconds. Um, it's fucked up. And it, it I, I, it's just, I don't know. It's, 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 it's profoundly problematic. Also, I want to point out that, um, why, why I was watching this, it just made me want to watch life force. Cause it, okay. That's the benchmark for British horror for me. 
Well, okay, let's... Well, first of all, that's offensive, what you just said, but... Why? Um, that's either my second or third... There's so much good British horror to even mention Life Force. Okay, fine. Dog Soldiers and American Werewolf in London. Uh, Life Force is great. Life Force is, is either... Only one of these three movies you've mentioned was made by someone who's British, by the way. Yeah, Dog Soldiers. Neil Marshall's British, isn't he? Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is then it's hard to call either of those movies British horror when they're not made by British people. They take place in Britain. <laughs> Toby Hooper might as well be British. I'm just saying. Life... There's so much good British horror. Anyway, I'm so offended right I now. I love Life Force. It's either my second or third favorite Toby Hooper film. I don't know. It didn't make... I'm not here to argue with you about Life Force. What I'm saying... Great movie. It's a fucking fantastic movie. What I'm movie. saying to you is that, um, you know... Scorsese's movie about Tibet is not one of the best examples of Asian cinema. In a similar way, to call Life Force great British horror... Are there British people in Life Force? Does Sir Patrick Stewart freak the fuck out and spit blood up and... Sure, but yes, there's so I many my good case. British directors who are making good British horror that are actual British productions. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Life Force was partly a British production, but it's still a Toby Hooper movie. Life Force took place. It's a, well, first off, it's a canon film, so that right there makes it. <laughs> no, fuck you. This is the worst example you could have possibly. Run Life up. Force is the greatest British pl- movie of all time. I fucking hate you so much. I'm so upset right now. I want to derail the whole podcast just to argue about this, but we're not going to because I win. Life Force is great. Uh, no, see, your argument is flawed because this is not about how good Life Force is one way or the other. It's about you discounting, probably because you're ignorant of it and you don't watch British films, all the good British horror. Why would I? I've seen the best one. It's Life Force. I keep putting Hook out and keep Liam keeps biting it. So and, and as long as Liam keeps biting it, I'm going to keep putting a Hook out. I ate so much Chinese food, you guys, that I'm like kind of puking it up into my mouth right now. and It's, really it's interesting that you say that because I don't know if you know this, but China went to war with Britain over whether or not which is a better horror movie, Life Force or this. Okay, well, let's back this up. I'm going to ignore all the offensive things you said, and I'm going to respond to the mean of what you said. And okay. Say, this also made me want to watch Life Force in that they both have, and I think this is a later British thing. I think um, when we're talking about obviously Hammer Films, but also um, some of the other companies that were did putting you, out. Did you get any british horror vibes from this movie well that's what i was about to say is that earlier like 70s uh british horror films some 80s stuff but certainly those have more of a classic kind of cinematic feel you know what i mean okay so like take like um blood on satan's claw yes uh very much has a kind of more classic cinema sort of like in the cinematography okay whereas this one had a shiny kind of glossiness to it and i don't know if that's how it was filmed i don't know if that's lighting i don't know if it wasn't filmed on 35 i don't know what it was but it reminded me very much so of life force and in fact i think both those movies in their um actual what i'm looking at on screen are actually very similar and very separate from an older period in british horror yeah um i mean it had similar uh similar themes i guess to uh some of the things that um you know some some of the British movies that Liam and I have spoken of on this podcast. Uh, I mean, it, it, maybe it's a bit of a reach, but people, foreigners, going to another land and finding like a complex, and then going into that complex and finding some shit they should have just stayed the fuck away from. That's a very British theme. 
Oh, that's interesting. But yeah, I think you're right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, in yeah. all seriousness, like that 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 that's a very like and again, I you're gonna freak out because I bring up Life Force. That's a similar theme to Life Force. Is if you haven't seen Life Force, you should go watch Life Force. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um no, but I mean, I, there, there, there is. It, it's nothing that again, Alien didn't touch on. But I do think the most British thing about this movie is the fact that there is a group of people who are somewhere that is foreign to them, and they're being um, assaulted. Or uh, the... I guess, but you could still say though that that's all just from Alien. Let me be clear: it's, this I'm, movie is such a fucking yes, Alien. No, no, off. that's what I'm. I'm. I'm try- what, I'm tr- what I'm trying to do is I'm reaching for good things about this movie. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. I, I will, I will, I, I, as far as good things, like I said, I think, um, the actress, what is Judy Geeson? Yeah. I think she's actually really great in that role. Um, yeah. She's, she's, at- I don't mind the performances of some of the other people. Like there's some other people in it who I think are fine at what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I think I really enjoyed her. I know we kind of argued about this, but I actually like the way this movie looks. Okay. I don't love all the camera angles and, I kind of suspected that they were having trouble filming this movie and IMDb confirmed that for me. And at least that's what it says in trivia. I don't know if that's true or not, but according to IMDb trivia, you know, the whole point of filming in these caverns was to save money, like production value. And then actually filming in the caverns was a pain in the ass, which like, duh, like, I don't know. I I mean, again, to give this movie, I do, to give it credit, I do think it lends it a certain, because it's marketed as like, uh, for some, the, so the tagline, I'm looking at the post right now. Somewhere in the depths of space, a horrific nightmare is about to become a reality, and Seminoid is far from human birth. Horror Planet, it, it, it calls to mind a sci-fi vibe. This doesn't have a very sci-fi vibe to it. They could have made this movie about like, um, like a research team that's in a cave on Earth, and they encounter a, 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 a non-human intelligence, fucking crypto-terrestrials. But who, no, 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 but this is what they want, like... The, again, they wanted this to be in space, but yeah. they couldn't do it. Like they wanted it to be on a ship. I mean, I, but that, I think they wanted this to be as close to alien as they could get. Yeah, and then they have to settle for crazy lady biting people in a cave. In a cave, because that's what they can afford. That, but that's what I'm saying is, it, they they could have. I really do think that like they could have done like something interesting if it was just like it, it didn't. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say in the sense that like it, it was it was it was different that a lot of it took place in a cave when it was supposed to be on another planet. Like I like the fact that it was on another planet, but it, the whole time it was in a cave. Um, I don't know if, if you ever saw the movie. And I'll be amazed if you have. And that's not a knock on you. It's because this is a dumb movie that probably me and the people who made it have seen within the rock. Have you ever seen it? No, I never even heard of it. Uh, it's it's a neat idea. It's um but it's a movie I'll I don't I won't give you details but it it it's technically a sci-fi space movie space horror movie but most of it takes place a, a goodish amount of it takes place in a cave on another planet and I I I do think that it it, it has a certain there's just something that's interesting about it where these scenes of people in spacesuits that are like clambering around on rocks in a cave while all this terrible shit is happening I mean it it, it looks bad and it looks ridiculous but it also it it it's 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 something different, and I, I kind of dug that. I think with this movie, the issue, though, we keep, I keep harping on the production value and about the lack of budget, and I don't want to give people the idea that I'm saying that you can't make a powerful, low-budget horror movie. I think we've talked about some we have, in yeah. the past. I think my issue is that 
this was a film in which they were hampered creatively by the budget, and then they just didn't have the insight to improve. And so what you get is, in my mind, a bunch of people really trying to act their way around a film that has no fucking stakes and no real plot and no real no real vision of the story it wants to tell. It has one fucked up... I mean, don't get me wrong. It is very... I won't say... I don't want to hype it too hard, but the scene in which the woman is inseminated against her will is disturbing. Yes. And it is probably, despite that, the most interesting part of the movie. It is like the one place where someone clearly had a vision and they fucking executed it. And as much as I didn't appreciate that vision, it at least was a thing. Yeah, they read the a book rest... about the Betty Anderson abduction experience. I don't know that that's true, but... <laughs> but the rest of the movie is just people running around yelling in a cave yeah. with hardly nothing in the cave. And there's no... There's no fucking weapons. There's no... Uh, this is... Okay. There's a point at which they're trying to subdue this lady, right? Yes. They've got three people trying to subdue her. One of them has, like, the least uh, convenient weapon. It's like... An it looks arc like arc welder. It's like a giant arc welder. She's just gonna fucking burn this lady with this yeah. thing? Yeah. And you know, as soon as she picks it up, you're like, you're gonna fuck up one of your friends with that yes. thing. Yes, you're gonna arc weld one of your friends. And then, uh, that's, that's, that's exactly that's what, happens. what happens. And the whole movie... I mean, they just have a series of ineffectual weapons they try to use against this uh, apparently super-powered young woman. Um, they have less weapons than the original Alien did. At least the original Alien had like nets, tasers, and a flamethrower. Yeah, they don't have anything. And and but even still, the she part of the issue here. Let's compare it to the movie. It's trying so hard to be okay. That movie sets up almost immediately intense stakes. We're talking about Alien. Yeah, okay. a sense of danger and uh, characters you care about. That's what I was going to say, is the one, the biggest gulf, the yawning abyss between this movie and Alien is that you, and I've shouted this into the fucking void for years now, every single death in Alien hits like a fucking hammer. Right. You You, care about these people. Every single, Veronica Cartwright, Yafikado, Harry Dean Stanton, Tom Skerritt, you feel it, you feel... You even feel bad when you think the cat's going to die and the cat doesn't die. I, for, I personally don't like when the alien gets blown out. The, that's not here. I don't give a shit about any of the people that die in this movie. You know, there's the scene in the beginning where um, the one character, she's outside of the compound and her boot is stuck on a rock, I think, and she can't get out. And they're like, <laughs> it's it's insane. They're like, the temperature's dropping, and her temperature control unit's broken, and they're doing this thing where, like, you have to cross the blue wire with the white wire, and she can't, and I'm watching this movie being like, so she's gonna die if she doesn't do this thing? Like, that's what they're getting at? Oh, it gets, okay, the temperature, that is what they're getting at. And then she takes her own life, and I usually don't feel anything. You know what I mean? We're, we're as opposed to, like, you know, when, like, Veronica Cartwright dies in Alien, and it's just fucking heart-wrenching. This is just like, what am I even watching? Like, why do I care about these people? They haven't, they haven't, they haven't sold me anything. I haven't. I mean, the whole thing starts with a mysterious explosion that is never explained, <laughs> and it's not clear why we should care. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, look. I feel like we could really get into like script deconstruction here about like there's no no one is funny. No. 
No one is interesting. And the few people who actually emote are just like upset British dude. You know what I mean? Like it's just there's you, live, you know what I mean? Like and 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 there's no moment where anyone exudes any charm. No. Which is partly like why I feel bad. I I, I think a movie with some interesting characters and with a little bit more like clear stakes, like what's going on in the film, yeah. you know what I mean? Would have given our actress a better I just think she's again, I think she's actually really trying. She's really yeah. she's really trying to bring some life to this movie. And for me, this kind of like low budget British what feels like a BBC production. Let's quickly uh we should actually say this. You were gonna say you were gonna ask me about this, but we should say this. Uh for those of you who are wondering like who even made this crazy ass movie? This is a Shaw Brothers production. So this is technically a Hong Kong film. <laughs> now this is a later this is a later Shaw. This is this doesn't even have the Shaw Brothers thing in the front. It's just pr- producer Run Run Shaw. But like you know, like that means it's you know a Shaw Brothers production, and this you know anyone who's watched a chunk. I mean, I'm no expert, but if you watch a chunk of Shaw Brothers stuff, you kind of get to know like later on they're trying to branch out and try new things, and some of those things were good, but most of them were bad. And then some of them were in Seminoid. Right. So I don't know that this is a a troop of people who know much about heart. I, I again, this feels like a gun for hire. Like, you know, like a. We need our version of Alien. We've got a script. Yes. Go shoot this script, uh, which isn't actually true, actually. The Norman J. Wright, I read this on IMDb. He wrote the script. I think it says on IMDb he wrote it in four days. Doesn't feel like it. This does. This script doesn't feel like it took any longer than um, an hour to write. <laughs> um, and I think the production shot in less than a month. I think it only took a month to make this movie. This movie feels... You feel every day that month in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the point, the point being, I think, is that um, uh, I'm actually kind of in for. I mean, a uh, low budget, mostly British production, shot in H- Hong Kong area, um, in which a woman is just going to try to sell you on the fact that she's got, you know, what amount to magic alien powers. Like, no, there's no science involved here. No. She's just a thing, a horrible thing happened to her, and now she's going to kill. And again, you sort of suggested this, but when I say clear stakes, I mean, we never really understand which part of having alien babies requires her to murder and also possibly bite everyone. Um, she's also drinking blood and there's like, there's a goodish amount, which is fucking dumb. We didn't bring that up. There's a goodish amount of cannibalism in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, but I, for what reason? Why is she doing it? Well, cause she's an incubator. She needs to, she needs to protect the young from the fucking humans who are trying to kill them. No one's trying to kill her. Liam, the inseminoids are an endangered species. There's one left that lives in a cave. And he's been waiting around he's for... Been he, waiting, he's been waiting been, for thousands of years because yeah. it's an ancient... This is the other thing. It's not just an alien society. It's an ancient alien society yeah. they've discovered. They're in an ancient alien temple, not just a cave with a door in it. Yeah. And then um, and then she has babies. Oh, and Stinger, the babies eat people. What's, One of the most insane scenes to me is when they're trying to defend themselves from her. And they're like, we're going to here. Take, take these babies. They, they use the babies. They give the babies to this woman to watch while they try to fight the the main sort of crazy lady. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, hey, yo, why? I She's holding them like they're normal babies. That's so fucking they're weird. They're clearly monster babies. Like, no one looking at these babies is like, 
oh look she had some babies we should take care like i'm sorry oh these came out of her these monsters came out of the lady they're gonna stay to, on the floor while i watch this yeah, yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong i'm not gonna murder alien children no and so aliens, you're not a total monster aliens when you come to enslave us know that i chose not to murder you and liam my said that not me situation i will lead the resistance no, i will fucking murder every single one no, but the fact that they're using the babies as bait, and she's like cradling them, like oh, no, it'll be okay, honey. It's yeah, okay. when they come back and they've eaten her, I feel nothing for this woman. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, of course what they fucking did. get. You, she basically, I mean, have you ever? Uh, those of you out there who've had children, have your children ever attacked you? If no, no, no. What I'm, what I was gonna say is, any nursing mom, you know, a mom who's nursed knows that a hungry baby. You get her anywhere. You get that little baby anywhere near the source of their 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 their, their, their they're nourishment. About they're about it, and they already know that these babies are not safe. No, in my mind, and she's fucking nuzzling these babies. I'm like, you're. She might as well say to the babies, "Are you hungry? Mm. Feel free to eat my eat my flesh and drink my blood. Mm. Let me be. Let me be. Let, let me what, be your savior. Let me be white lady Jesus to these yes. little to these little alien babies. She's like basically. Cuddles them and they eat flesh, so of course they eat it. Like it's what? Else? What baby would be like? Nah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm what chill. alien? What? And the thing is, is when they find her, when they, when they, it's the least surprising thing in cinematic history is when they come back after defeating uh, Judy Geeson and they find this woman who has been uh, murdered by the by the young oids. Um, it's just like of course that would fucking happen i knew that was gonna happen the moment i saw her carrying them like they were actual like human children and not monsters from another planet it's just you need to avoid avoid the noid that's what it comes down to also i will again another thing i'll give this movie credit for very clearly an alien ripoff this movie is nothing more than an alien ripoff but this movie predates aliens by five years Mm -hmm. and yet the ending to this is basically the beginning to aliens I mean, yeah, I mean, 100% uh, James Cameron? Yes. Saw this movie and was like, I have an idea for aliens. Oh, my God, yeah. He, I'll go on record and say that. And, and there's also a scene, we didn't really talk about it till now, but there's a scene where they're like, how can we stop this woman from stopping? I know, we'll send a cyborg back in time to kill her mother. That didn't happen. That was a horribly constructed Terminator that joke. That was a terrible joke. It was horrible. such a long walk to such a short payoff. This movie is kind of like Avatar, though, if you really think about it. <laughs> Only because of all the alien fucking. Yes, all the alien fucking. So I guess we should wrap up. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Inseminoid anymore. So don't. This movie's dumb. I mean, look, here's the deal. It's not also not a full moon production, which fucking Liam told me it was. I thought it was a full moon production because yeah. it was available on the full moon channel on Amazon, but it's not a full moon. Also, production. I could very see, easily see Charles Band being like, "They do what to a woman in space? Here's money." Is Charles Band English? Sure. I mean, this came out, though, before Full Moon was really doing it. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, Well, here's the thing. While both these movies are bad, only one of them is made by the uh, uh, amazing David Dakota. So let's let's jump in and talk about uh, David Dakota's own Creepazoids. No break? We're not taking a break? No, yeah, we'll take a break. We'll be right back to talk about 1987s. A desperate band of nuclear survivors stumble upon shelter where they seek protection from deadly radioactive rain. Put the suckers upstairs for up from the radiation. I mean, we got made here. But their dreams of safety turn into a nightmare of horror when they are confronted by the Creepazoids. 
Gods. Even if you've killed them, they're still deadly. Creepazoids. Ooh. Are we back? What the fuck is wrong with you? Are we re- we're recording? Yes. And we are back to talk about 1987's Creepazoids. Released in October of 1987, written and directed by the great David fucking Dakota. Starring my future wife, Linnea Quigley, who was in Return of the Living Dead, Night of the Demons, Graduation Day, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Mari Cookie and the Killer Tarantula, Curse of the Lesbian Love Goddess, Pumpkinhead 2, and Dr. Alien. Also starring Ken Abraham, Michael Aranda, who was in uh, Barrio Wars and Chupacabra, Richard Hawkins, who was a air traffic controller in Close Encounters, and Ashlyn Gear, who was in The One, Basic Instinct, and Cocksmokers 12. Fuck. Oh, you motherfucker. Um, so, Liam. Yes. Since you are a David Dakota fanboy. Oh, I would definitely not go that far. Oh, well, before we get, let me just read the, the outline of this. The, ba- the plot of this movie is a group of survivors try to avoid the battles of World War III. So we got some fucking draft dodgers here. When they try to escape to the Quiet Lands... Wait. Yeah, when they try to escape... Did they talk about the Quiet Lands on this movie? No, they never came They up. never talk about the Quiet Lands. When they try to escape to the Quiet Lands, they encounter something much more deadly. Uh, Liam, tell me about David Dakota. So, um, I first encountered David Dakota through... One of my other podcasts. Uh, he did the movie uh, DB Sweeney versus Bigfoot or whatever. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, no, I'm fuck. DB Cooper. <laughs> so fucking much. So for Eric Robertson's fucking man, we actually have watched a few David Dakota movies, but the first one I watched was um, uh, Bigfoot versus DB Cooper. For those of you who don't know, DB Cooper is a uh, was a guy who. Uh, hijacked a plane basically and yes. then jumped out of that plane um and in this movie there's basically some uh college kids who get slaughtered by bigfoot and then right at the point where the last kid's gonna be slaughtered by bigfoot db cooper just fucking parachutes in between him and bigfoot and kills bigfoot and then sk- goes on with his life been up in sky the whole time well, that's Since, crazy like 1968 but david Dakota, if you look through his imdb he made a lot of movies that i suspect are gay porn okay why do you suspect that uh just based on their name such as uh boys camp memories okay that's enough mailogram man heat how do you suspect these are gay porns well but he also made some that are i suspect are not uh gay porn like bodies by jackie and revenge of the babes Hmm. Um, but boys just want to have sex. It's probably <laughs> probably a gay porn. The title of my future autobiography. <laughs> then he made his first horror movie, from what I can tell. I mean, it's hard to tell what these other ones are. But uh, he made his first horror movie that I've actually heard of in 1986, a little movie called Dreamaniac. He also made Shrieker, I believe. He directed that for Full Moon. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. And then his second, this is actually his second big horror movie again under his own name because he made a lot of these porn movies as david mccabe then as david dakota in 1987 he makes creepers it's only his second movie Mm. as david dakota he went on immediately to follow that up with sorority babes and the slime ball bowl rama ah classic uh nightmare sisters lady avenger murder weapon as you pointed out, Dr. Alien. Dr. Alien is so fucking good. Uh, Deadly Embrace, American Rampage, The Girl I Want, 
Puppet Master Three: Toulon's Revenge. That might be. Which one is? Is that the one where the puppet master, where the puppets are good? Uh, it's possible. Okay, because that's that's like that's the good one. Uh, let's see. Naked Instinct. Mm. Beach Bays from Beyond. Test Tube Teens from the year two thousand. You might be noticing these movies are starting to take a turn. Beach Babes Two, Cave Girl Island, a lot of alliteration. Uh, Petticoat Planet, Bikini Goddesses, The Journey, Skeletons, Lord Tales, wait, The wait. Castle Queen. There's a movie he just made a movie called Skeletons. Yeah, it's just called Skeletons. That's fucking cool. I like that movie. <laughs> Leather Jacket Love Story. Yep, 1998 Shrieker. Just before that, Talisman. Shrieker came out in 1998. Yep. That movie looks not a day then past 1988. 1998, Curse of the Puppet Master. Oh. Um, okay, so the thing about David Dakota is we've only talked now about 10 years of his career, and there's a lot of fucking movies. You know, if you figure this came out in 87, so uh, 12 years, then in 99, he's making Killer Eye and Teenage Alien Avengers, but then it just keeps going. He just keeps making movies. The and, same caliber, right? The same kind of movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, they all go in different directions in their own ways. Um, some people might remember The Brotherhood 2. Uh, Final Stab was a movie that people actually oh, talked about. Oh, yes. Um, uh, but I think actually by the mid-2000s, things start to get kind of out of control in the sense of he's making all kinds of crazy weird things. And then um, towards the end of the... Uh, aughts into into um the 2010 era he also starts adding in some like family movies okay so 2011 he makes christmas spirit um he makes a series of movies uh called 1313 that i don't know what they are and i kind of don't want to know um but then he's got the great halloween puppy adventure santa summer house um Oh my god, some of these are look so ridiculous. Who, who let David Dakota make the family movies? Well, are they just, also full just became a thing. And then he also started making like action movies like he made Hansel and Gretel Warriors of Witchcraft in 2013, Bonnie and Clyde Justified in 2013 mm. as well. Uh that's a film which features a building which clearly is not a bank. Um and there's a picture of it and then someone has very poorly gone in in um not even in like uh and like ms paint yeah and just wrote bank on there in just normal font onto a picture it's like Am really I, bad uh, are they are, then, these, are these asylum films are they are these made by the asylum i don't know uh let's see here bonnie clad justified is by the way starring eric roberts which is why i watched it and it's it's not very good um Oh, I don't know who made this. I don't see any specification on that. That's weird. He made a movie called My Stepbrother is a Vampire with like four exclamation uh-huh. points. Well, then the big one that we talked about in Eric Roberts is the fucking man that people got really stuck on is a talking cat exclamation <laughs> point question mark exclamation point. Um, yeah. So he, he, and he just keeps he just keeps putting them out there. Three Wicked Witches, The Wrong Child, The Wrong Roommate. Those are both lifetime productions um, oh he's a lifetime man he does some lifetime movies as well yeah anyways i don't want to go into on, on david dakota this but, is not a david dakota fan fan podcast this is uh, not no, called david dakota is the fucking no it would be hilarious to yes. actually make your way through all these movies jesus christmas but he's incredibly incredibly prolific and according to eric roberts is a delight to work with and for 
But, I mean, just to give you guys an idea, um, Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper is not like a fun, low-budget Bigfoot horror movie. It's a movie that is clearly soft uh, soft porn. I was going to say soft gay porn, but that's not fair because anyone turned on by various men slowly undressing and holding toy guns as if they're real guns yes. before they go out hunting would enjoy this movie. So women just as much as men, whoever, if you're turned on by these dudes, and the dudes fit a variety of body types. They like they really go out of the way to be like, okay, well, this guy's slightly overweight. Mm, you might like Here him. Here he is slowly walking up the stairs, and then we'll have him take his pants off. And then while he's in his underwear, we'll just have him pose with this toy gun in various ways. In the mirror. W- while the music's just like, boom, jump. And every person has their own theme. Yeah, they each get their own music. This is all just because, literally, this is like a 30-minute sequence of the movie. And someone's like, we should go hunting now. Yes, it's time for us to go hunting. Better get changed. Let me get changed. And then each person has to individually go up the stairs and get changed. There's a million rooms in this house. There's There's a mansion. It's a mansion. But they each need to go up alone to change. Yes. And then, of course, at various moments, Bigfoot is watching them through the window, like, dun, dun, dun. Bigfoot's watching them, and he's so turned on, but he also wants to murder them. Anyways, so Creepazoids. Um, Creepazoids is also clearly an alien ripoff. Unlike Inseminoids, Creepazoids takes a direct fucking shot. Inseminoids is just kind of like, okay, we we know you know why we're yeah, making this movie. You, let's not talk about try it. To do a, Creepazoids is like, fuck alien, here come the Creepazoids. In the poster it says, the, I, I, I posted it on the, on, the, on, the, on the Hard Business Twitter after you, you guys posted it on the Cinepunks uh, Instagram. It was like, it's something more derivative than, like, I want to say it's, first there was alien, now creep. But it's, 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 it's like insulting. It's like, it's like a diss track. Like, like, this movie is trying to like tell alien and like Ridley Scott to kiss the ring. But this movie is like, it's like, it's it's not even like at least at least in Seminoid had the good graces to go to another planet and to go balls to the wall alien ripoff. This is just like, um, we have a fucking we want to rip alien off, but we don't have the budget to even pretend to go off planet. So we are going to instead shoot the scenes in the room we are writing this movie in. So everyone clear out. We're going to shoot the scene right now. Yeah, I mean, they, they end up at it. So the, these are military folks. It's a small cast. They're deserters. They're deserters. Yeah. They're trying to get away. They find this military or they find a base, which they think is military, but it turns out to not be military. It opens up with this woman but being... But it's clearly a film studio. Like there, yeah. There's a one shot where there's clearly film in the background that, like, why would those film be they're there? In, the movie opens up with them literally walking through the back lot of a movie studio. And they're like, oh, it's acid raining. We better get inside. And then they just walk to the nearest door, which leads into the studio. By the way, the poster says, move over aliens. Here come the Creepazoids. Aliens, they don't need to move it over. Literally, literally, they might as well have called the movie, movie Never Mind the Aliens. <laughs> yes. That was a Sex Pistols reference for yeah. if you don't know, because you're fucking posers. Actually, if you didn't get that and you like Public Image Limited more than you like the Sex Pistols, you are not the poser. This movie sucks. This movie is not good. It, it lacks any and all charm, unlike in Seminoids. Um, I don't know. Like, it's funny because when I was watching it, I was like, you know what? I don't hate this movie. And I think even when we started the podcast, I, I was like, no, I don't really hate this movie. But then the more I thought about it, I don't really like this movie. Okay. I, 
Yeah, okay. In a lot of ways, Creepazoids is nothing like Inseminoid. Uh, one, this feels like it was filmed with a VHS, which I know it's not. I know it's filmed on film, but it just has that sort of thing. Um, in a lot of ways, and I, I feel like I was more positive on the Seminoid in some ways when we were watching them because I was comparing it to this movie. The acting in this movie, even though I know you love uh, was Linnea Quigley. Mm-hmm. I know you love her. You're still invited to the wedding. I know you love her. Yes, I met her. The acting in this movie makes the other movie look like a fucking Shakespeare in the Park production. Yes. Like, just a fuck. <laughs> like, these are all, they're not, they're not the best Shakespearean actors ever, but they're pretty damn good. They're, yeah. Compared to this, because in this movie, no one seems to know quite what acting is. They just sort of just say things out loud, or they're like, they're one guy who's like, like his note from David Dakota was like, you're the badass. Yeah, I need you to be the badass. I believe and then that would the whole be... movie is just like, blah, 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 blah. like just everything. It's just he's just angry for no reason. Would that be Butch or Jake? Uh, I think that's Butch. Butch yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, a any movie like this that has a computer aspect where someone is like hacking the hacking, oh my god hacking the nets through basic. Well, what have you figured out? Oh, not much. I just let me keep doing that and just like run. Program C. It's like, like this. Everything is. In They're s- like, what do we need to find out? It says here that there's a block of password. I better. I got around it, guys. I just let open this file. There's another password. Like that's. And all okay, and all the passwords are four digit numbers. Yeah. And then he just is guessing. He's just guessing, yeah. and he gets through. And there's all this information around um, amino acids. They basically the the people in this. Um, completely unexplained research facility that they never that's the thing is they never they're never like like most of these movies they're like oh it was a biological weapon oh it was a fucking another biological weapon i don't know they're by it's a biological weapon this movie they're just like so there's these fucking scientists they're making this shit where they can make their own amino acids what the fuck does that mean it means they don't gotta eat anymore okay that's the plot of creepazoids right there okay okay <laughs> that was Butch and Jake, Now that we're way. getting back to it, I'm like so upset about this movie. Like I'm suddenly remembering how angry this movie made me because, okay, I'm trying, inevitably we're going to compare these two films. So I'm trying to, to, to piece together. In Seminoids doesn't really explain itself very well, but at least there's like hints there of like, Okay, we're here at this place. We've discovered some alien stuff. Mm-hmm. It's ancient alien stuff, but like there, there were aliens at some point. So then, the fact that there are aliens in the future, whatever. The line between we're in a sciencey place with science people, and they did science things, and now I'm being eaten by a bug creature. Yeah, there's no line. Like, <laughs> yes, clearly, but because we are humans, right? At, who think and can put two things together, we sort of put together like, well, I guess the amino acid experiment somehow led to this fucking bug creature. But the movie does no work to no. help you get no. to the, no. the creepazoid. <laughs> There's no explanation. There just is. And then even more so... <laughs> this movie is 72 minutes of fucking bullshit that doesn't do fucking anything. Okay, here's, here's, here's the other thing. It's unclear... What the creepazoid wants. They even say, I, the one good part in the script is when they go, 
oh, what does he want? Like, is he trying to eat us or what? And in any other movie, you'd be like, yeah, man, he's trying to fuck. Fucking alien, of course he's trying to eat you. He's trying to eat you, trying to kill you. It doesn't matter. Like, just But in this movie, you're going, I don't know, man. He might like you. I don't know what he's trying to do. Because, okay, every character in this movie is attacked by the creepazoid at some point. Yes. Some of the characters die. Some of the characters don't die. It's never clear why the creepazoid is attacking them, what the result of that attack may or may not be. And, And finally... What is at stake at the end? There's a uh, at a certain point we're with a character as he's like fighting to survive, and at this point every character who is in any way interacting with the creepazoid has at some point died. Partly because, um, so what what we learn is that at least for some of the characters, though we're not sure why, after interacting with the creepazoid, they also develop this ability to not eat food they become deadites basically and then when they eat food it's too much amino acids and they fucking die yes um and then at a certain point some of them become actual deadites like down to the makeup from evil dead there's the scene and they attack people it's such a fucking bullshit alien ripoff there's one scene where the one character is like they're 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 sitting at the table and they're eating dinner which um you can see where this is going because it's an alien ripoff. And the one guy's like, oh, I don't feel so good. And I'm like, I swear to God, if the one guy says, like, yeah, this food ain't that bad, I'm fucking going to I'm gonna set myself on fire. Instead, the guy starts like, ooh, ooh, and he starts throwing up, and then his eyes turn yellow. What the fuck is going on in this movie? Oh, what I was saying earlier is, so at a certain point, basically everyone who's interacted with the Creepazoid and I say interactive because it's not clear what the creepazoid is doing to them, has died. Yes. And this gentleman has now interacted with the creepazoid three fucking times. Yes. Three separate times on camera, the creepazoid has done whatever the creepazoid supposedly does to people. To him, he's still alive, but that doesn't necessarily mean, like, as far as I can tell by the logic of the movie, the fact that he's currently alive is irrelevant because at some point he's also going to turn into a weird deadite creature. Yes. But yet we're still supposed to root for him for at least 20 minutes. Like he's doing shit for a while after like he should be dead. It doesn't make any sense. There is a good 20, 25 minutes after the last stand that he has with the Creepazoid in which he is being stalked through a warehouse by a baby by a fucking Larry Cohen, it's alive baby that crawls out of the creepy. I forgot head. about the baby. He Holy kills. Okay, fucking so god. He should already be dead. He's dead. As, he according to dead. the logic of the movie, he's already dead. He then kills the creepazoid unceremoniously. It's not even cool. And then the creepazoid's head fucking pops open, and there's like a human, like literally by the when divine we say, grace of the infant Christ, there is a fucking <laughs> terrible baby in the creepazoid's head. When we say an it's alive baby. It literally looks like they took the uh, baby from It's Alive, the actual uh, model, whatever thing that um, that um, Rick Baker Rick Baker made, and just spray painted it gray. Like this, this is, it's it's oh my god! And then uh, okay, so why does the creepazoid have a baby in its skull? Why does that happen? Why is this dude being stalked by an actual baby? I think what they were trying to do was that this was like their sad, shitty, shitty attempt at the sort of alien lifestyle uh, uh, life cycle. Like first there's the facehugger, then there's the chestburster, then there's the xenomorph. But in fucking shit dick David Dakota world, we have a creepazoid and then a terrible imitation of Rick Baker's baby from, from It's Alive. It's like reverse aliens, only dumb. And 
it just goes on for like I'm exaggerating when I say it's 15 minutes. It's probably 10 minutes, which is still a fucking lifetime in film time. Where he has like three, he, like so. Liam said, "There's like three. There's three instances where this guy is attacked by a creepazoid. He then defeats the creepazoid. The alien baby crawls out of the head, and then he he's like he like fights it off three separate times before. Does he choke it with his placenta? And then it comes back for more yeah, or he, something. He fucking chokes it out with his with umbilical, the umbilical cord. cord. And that which is, it, I mean, it's it's a minute of a fucking. And then there's a yeah, and then there's a stinger at the end where the baby's still alive." There's two things, because it comes back, it, it, like, he fights it off, and he's, like, stumbling around, like, oh, thank God I made that. And the baby's, like, ah, and attacks him again. He's, like, ah, and then he, he kills it again, and then there's the thing where it's, like, it, it, it's just such a fucking blundering, fucking mushy mess of nothing. It, I, okay, let's back this up a little bit. I like their uniforms. Okay. <laughs> They're okay. cool. They're cool uniforms. They're fine. I, I think this movie does try to do... Maybe unsuccessfully, but at least tries to do what in in Seminoid, in some ways, maybe this is because it's British, which I, I'm not trying to play into cultural stereotypes. I mean, we've had a British guest now yeah. on the show. He seemed nice. He's a very nice guy. But, I won't say he seemed in, nice. I'll say he in, was nice. But in Seminoid is literally like, why? Characters? Why? For what? The, the interactions? What's that? Growing together? Why, for what reason? Like, it just seems like in Seminoid is just not interested and you knowing the characters or understanding their relationship with each other. This movie really want like it really is trying to be like, I'm Gary, I'm the one of one. I'm the fucking nerd on his computers. Oh, I can do anything. Oh, I'm the one who likes you and we, I think you're cute. I'm also a girl, but don't try to flirt with me because I'm independent. Hey, I'm, I'm Butch. I'm here to fucking fight this creepazoid. Hey, I'm going to do the fighting. Well, I'm the leader guy and I'm going to be a leader guy. And so like... <sighs> It's all corny, but it's at least fucking trying to be like, here's who these people are. So I kind of respect that. I, I guess. Kinda, again, in comparison to in, in Seminoid. I would much rather have them be like sterile and like. No, 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 no. I like that they try. I like that they try to add that. But for me, where this movie really fails is not um, some of the dumber things in it per se like it's not a very smart movie and it doesn't have a lot of money so it's it's not very smart in covering up how little money it has and i'm not gonna shit on it just for that alone okay you're very somber right now this is unsettling because what i'm getting to is this there's no internal logic of any fucking like okay <laughs> there's a there's a monster right and, yes uh, and we we had to get the best costume we could get and it's not great, but it's, we have a costume. It's okay, cool. Sad. So there's a monster. What does the monster want? Does the monster want to eat them? Does it want to procreate with them? What is at stake for the monster? We never we never even get a fucking hint. It's just, I mean, even the first time, it's like there's a guy. He's on a computer. He notices that there's a... Uh, also, side note, why is the main vent to the creepy places where the creature is right under the computer it's just under the computer desk like they're just like where should we put this computer well there's this big vent right it's a vent that goes to some void in the wall we don't know about let's yeah, put let's the computer there put it there and then he's dead and then for the rest of the it's it's there's a there's a sense in which one of the things that can be really frustrating in the movie is that we're all used to the way that movies ramp up in action yes it becomes almost predictable right this was a film that had me 
anxious for the predictability of that. Because I, I, if anything, because that would add some fucking logic. I could understand where the movie was yes. going. It doesn't. Re- it, it it goes from zero to, oh my god, there's a fucking monster. But then it's not clear. It's not clear why we should care. What's at stake? It just is doing whatever. Then, um, let's even back it up even more. I don't know. I don't want to blow up your spot and talk about Linnea Quigley and feel free to. We live in a free country. Shower scene. I mean, this is maybe this is the part of the movie that's actually kind of fun. David Dakota throws in the most awkward, most unnecessary. Because what's crazy about this sex scene, besides the fact that I don't find her attractive, so I don't think it's (sighs) sexy at all. For me, there is nothing sexy about this sexy in the shower. It also is filmed in such a way. Where if I didn't know he had probably done porn, I would be like, has David Okoto seen people have sex before? Because this is not how it works. But um, but it also doesn't matter. Like, by the time we might actually start to even remember these characters' names, let alone care about They're them. They're dead. They're, yeah, the, the, the fucking creepazoid's already going after them. Yeah. Again, for why, though? Like, is he eating them? Like, it's, it's, it's just, just not clear. It's just killing them. And there's not enough there, again, uh, for me, with Inseminoid, as stupid as it is, and as much as we kind of talk shit on it, I actually think there's enough there that with a crowd watching it, you could actually have some fun with it. I, I, I think it's still a little slow at the beginning, and it might take you a while to get there. But some of the scenes where they're trying to fight her, and they are completely ineffectual, and nothing is making any sense, and she's just like fucking freaking out. Yeah. There's some entertainment value there that sure. you could... Cl- Creepazoids, like, I really want there to be because I really find David Dakota a fascinating filmmaker, and I find his movies often ridiculous in a way that's, like, really funny to me. Uh, Dr. Alien is amazing. There is, like, literally nothing amusing. It's it's not as bad as, for those of you who've listened to Eric Roberts is is the fucking man or have the mistake to have actually watched this movie, it's not Bigfoot versus D.B. Cooper, which is not a movie. It's (laughs) not a film. Um it's not that. It's it's clearly a low budget sci fi grab trying to trying to make something happen. But it just by just leaving out a few little details about what the fuck this thing is or why I mean, you could even have a movie where there's a creature and we never figure out what it is. That's but, fine. But you have to have a certain amount of tension. There's no tension to move us forward. Show us what it's doing though. We don't even see what this thing is fucking doing. No. I, I, even if it, even if it was like the things in the walls, and then all the other people find are just the body, like they just find their mangled friends. Sure, sick, cool. Or is the is it going to be like in Seminoid where the creature doesn't do that much, but the people are mostly doing the thing where they turn into fucking deadites? Sure, attack. Cool. Show us them being turned into those things. Yes, but like the connection between them being again very much it sounds like we're just using shorthand when we say deadites the makeup of the woman in that scene is exactly like the it's literally it's the that first whole evil dead. scene even the way she fights her and yes. her, fights him and everything you're, it's just like okay this is evil dead literally david dakota was like yo have you guys seen the evil dead you know that scene with the fucking pack of cards where ash's yeah. sister yeah, it'd be really cool if we did yeah that. let's just do that here i got a pack of cards my wait is she david is she is she possessed no she's not fucking possessed oh. david what is she Creepazoid. The creepazoid it, it, infect, it infected her with amino acids. And but, now, but David, why? 
just, I mean, that's I, this that's is, not far off from how this movie is. I mean, anyone who's watched a David Dakota movie knows that there's always a moment where someone should have said, "Okay, but but why though? But why is this happening?" Yeah. <laughs> but it, in this movie, it just feels particularly ridiculous and particularly. Um, I don't know. Something about it just bothers me a little bit more because even though this is, again, low production value, not great acting, all those things, whatever, a little bit of tweaks here and there, a little bit of whatever, I think there's more of a chance for this movie. Whereas in Seminoid for me feels, even though, I, again, I think it's more entertaining yes. and whatever, it's doomed from the beginning. There's and nothing Seminoid there. Is. Yeah, there's okay. nothing there. This movie, done a little bit differently, a little more coherently, Again, it's not a great movie or anything, but it's there's something there that I think could be more than people in post-apocalyptic Los Angeles being stalked by a monster. Yeah. On paper is awesome. Yeah. As long as we know why the monster's after them. Is the monster eating them? Is the monster like that's that's the What what is it? Is it an alien? Is it a mutated human? I don't even need to know that. But I'm saying okay. because this is so clearly aping alien. Right. If it's not eating them, it should be uh, using them for reproduction. Sure. And they don't do. It's just like these people get like vaguely attacked by a creepazoid, and then they wake up and they're like, "I don't feel so good. I just ate food." You know. And I know people are gonna be like, "Well, maybe it was trying to procreate with them." It's like you're giving fucking Dakota too much credit. It, it, it just it doesn't. It, it's like if if you're gonna have it be this vague. You need to be a much – I guess that's the other thing is that you could make a movie that's a little bit unclear, a little bit more vague, whatever, if there's actually some tension and some compelling – in the way the movie's made. Life but force is vague. But there's nothing to the movie. Like there's nothing there and it just doesn't – Yeah, Life Force is a vague movie. If we're going to go back to the third greatest Toby Hooper film, if we're not including Poltergeist, Life Force is vague. But there's the tension. There's stakes. We have to defend Britain – from the fucking space vampires. More than uh, Invaders from Mars. Yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Like I said, it's either my second or third favorite Topo Hoopoo movie, depending on my mood. Okay. Okay. But, I don't know. Creepazoid, it just, like, it even has, like, a cool poster. Like, the poster I'm looking at right now, it's kind of got, like, a cool, like, heavy metal vibe. Like, it has, like, a vague Frank Frazetta-like look to it. Sure. Like, I can, I can fuck with all that. But, I mean, look, this is on us. We, we, we... I think I think we into the future should try to do double features where we know at least one of the movies is is pretty okay. Uh, this is all on you. You chose both these movies. No, I know, but I didn't really choose. My I hands didn't are say clean. what I did was make a list of possible movies, and then you were like, "Let's put the oids together." Yeah, you know how I am. You know I can't resist a good pun. <laughs> well, anyways, what I mean is this is slightly on us because no one ever suggested. Yo, the Oids movies, those okay. shits are sick. Yes. But I want to say that um, if there was more to Creepazoids, if there was just a little bit more there to connect with, I could possibly endorse this as like a surprisingly good shitty movie. And I guess that's sort of what I'm feeling is like, you know, a little bit frustrated because um, I don't think every low budget alien ripoff has to be this bad you know like i i don't necessarily want to watch every like i mean this is like sub sci-fi channel level yes. filmmaking um but and, i just think i just think there's more of a possibility there and, and i guess that's why i'm kind of frustrated with it but you know we did say 
let's watch these two Oids movies. Yeah. And now in retrospect, I'm like, why did I think either one I of mean, these would be fun? I mean, it was fun. Like, okay, first off, let's be clear. There are, there have been times when there have been trends that have swept horror. And there have been these movies that like jock other movies in the 80s. And they have made some great movies. Um, when Abyss got huge. Uh, I think Deep Star 6 and Leviathan. Great movies. Very clearly ripoffs of the Abyss. When Gremlins got big, I think Critters is great. I actually really love Critters. Critters and would you count Ghoulies as a Gremlins? Ghoulies is a piece of fucking shit. Ghoulies 2. Ghoulies 2 is great. Ghoulies 2 is great. (laughs) How about Munchie? We've talked about Munchie before on here. Um, I don't think I've seen Munchie. Yeah, you have. You've seen Gremlins, so you've seen Munchie. Right. Creepazoids and Inseminoid are not good imitations of Alien. I don't know if there are any good imitations of Alien out there. Um, well, I just... Let's even leave out the Alien bit, but just like low-budget sci-fi horror. You know what I mean? Like, I have an affection for that as an idea, and I feel like there probably are entertaining versions of it. But, man, both these movies were just such a letdown. Yeah. And I guess... That's gonna I mean, happen, fuck but. us for getting our hopes up in a movie called Inseminoid and Creepazoids. I guess that's that is on us. Mm-hmm. Are we victim blaming ourselves right now? Yeah, we're the worst. Yeah, we are. So uh, I just this is a fucking bummer. These movies. Our next episode will be fun. I promise. We'll we'll have a lot of fun talking about the next movies we're gonna do. Do we know what they are? Um, do you want to decide right now in this episode? Let's do it. Let's 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 give the people what they want. Um, our next episode should be. Give me two seconds while I look up what our... Um, our next episode should be... Let's do... Satanic Serial Killers. First Power and the Fallen. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, okay. Wait, what's the Fallen? The Denzel Washington, uh, James Gandolfini, Donald Sutherland, John... You motherfucker. You don't like that movie? It's First of all, it's not called The Fallen, just called Fallen. Fallen. That's what I said, Fallen. You said the fallen. Did I say the fallen? I'm yeah. sorry, fallen. Um, I do. I like it a lot. I don't know. It'll be fine. We'll It'll be good. Okay. We'll make we'll make it work. Okay. Um, no, but the, these movies, it just. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun to riff on, but like, holy shit, these movies were bad. And I, I you know me, I hate fun, and I don't like bad movies. So, uh, <sighs> who said that? Oh, lots of people. They say you don't like bad movies? I've seen some of the movies you like. They're really bad. No. <laughs> I like nothing but great movies. All right. So, okay. So that's that. That's that's avoid the oids is what we're trying to say. Right. You know, they'll try to steal your pizza and your time. And you'll never get that back. So, uh, as always, thank you for listening. Um, if you are so inclined, you should head over to www.cinepunks.com to check out some more episodes of not only this podcast, but several other quality podcasts, including but not limited to the flagship podcast, Cinepunks. They just did a great episode on Buckaroo Banzai, and I, on the way here, was listening to the episode we, they did with the director from Low Life, Ryan Prowse. Prowse. His name escapes me. I feel like an asshole. Um, but those are great episodes. Um, also with the other Liam O'Donnell for Beyond Skyline. Talks about what it's like to work with Frank Grillo. 
I love Frank Grillo and so should you. Uh, also, there's Black Sun Dispatches, our man Brandon Foley. You should go there and harass him on Twitter at Black Sun Dispatches. You should harass him to try to get t-shirts made. Um, he just wrapped up the first season. First of, at least, I hope he does another season of Black Sun Dispatches. That's a good time. There's yeah, also the, I think so. Um, I'm a few episodes behind, but I'm I'm digging it. Um, there's also The Mandate with our man John Wren. Uh, Liam and I were both recently on that show. It's it's always a blast. Uh, got me a movie. Um, am I leaving any, anything out? Oh, there's um, small screen cinema, but that's Joe Yannick. My man, he got all excited. He got the show on the network. They did one episode, and then he has a, dud, a new episode. Of Joe, what are you doing, man? Come on. Joe, get it together. Get it together, man. So yeah, we also have, uh, there's also, you know, if you want some, some horror business or Cinepunk swag, you can go there and check it out. There's also information on how to, how to subscribe to our Patreon, if you've done that already. Thank you so much. We love you. We do. So, check us out on iTunes. As always, rate, review, subscribe, and download, download, download. And if you have a suggestion, or a comment, or you just want to say what's up, or get fucked, you, you can contact us at theharbiz at gmail.com, and we're on Twitter at theharbiz666, that's for Satan, on Twitter. You have anything else to add, Liam? No, that's about it. All right. Um, as always, thanks for listening, and stay spooky. <laughs>